Brent sliced through the fog, skirting trees and fallen branches, until he came to the bonfire at the center of Rifle Park. His ears popped and he massaged his jaw as he rounded the teepee of logs jutting from the fire pit. Bay's End's annual Summer's End bonfire was a month behind them, but Brent could still detect the aroma of charred wood coming from the belly of the huge pit. It wasn't an unpleasant smell. It reminded him of campfires, blackened hot dogs, and scorched marshmallows that had to be blown out before they could be consumed. A bare foot came into view, sunken in the grass like a head in a pillow. Brent stopped and stared at the foot, which was attached to an ankle, then a calf. Yet the rest of the leg was hidden by the massive pile of wood. Brent slunk forward, back hunched, eyes wide. A bare thigh came into view. A small V of closely trimmed pubic hair. Blood on the abdomen, a puddle of stuff surrounding the torso. He halted. Breath kicked from him. Veronica flashed before his mind. He slapped the image away by fanning his hand in front of his face. He drew deep breaths, exhaling at length after each one. A faint crackle of static sizzled in his ears, as if a television a few yards away had been unplugged from its cable. The sound caused him to grind his teeth. He hadn't realized they were clenched. He opened his mouth as if to say something to the corpse before him, then clamped his jaw closed. His teeth went to grinding again. He took another unsteady step forward and spotted the woman's pallid face. Her boyish hair and elven ears immediately reminded Brent of a pixie. Her face was frozen in a look of tremendous horror, as if she were witnessing violence committed against someone else and not herself. Her eyes stared. The last thing Brent noticed, which was odd considering he was a man, was her heavy breasts, which hung in her armpits like sandbags. Attached to one purple nipple was a clothespin. Brent threw up into the cold bonfire. 2. He struggled to get his cell phone from his pocket as he backed away from the savaged woman. He dialed emergency services without ever taking his eyes off that clothespin. The woman's abdomen and flank were pocked with multiple stab wounds, but they were nowhere near as disturbing as the clothespin. Somehow, those two small pieces of wood connected by a metal spring were the most horrific thing of all. The cell remained corpse-quiet at his ear. He pulled the device away and glared at the phone. Not a single bar of service was to be had. Brent held the phone to the sky like Lady Liberty brandishing her torch. The device seemed to mock him. Na-na-na-boo-boo, you can't have no service. God damn, come on, he cried. He backed into a solid, immovable object and shrieked. The cell flew from his hand as he whirled around. A massive oak stood in the place where he'd been just a second before. His breath came out in a bark of humorless laughter. He scooped the cell phone from the dewy grass, wiped the screen on his shirt, and checked again for service bars. Nothing. He glanced over his shoulder, saw the pink foot sticking up from the grass, and began walking toward Main Street with his phone held out in front of him. The bars wouldn't fill. Brent exited the tree line and his ears popped once more. Still gazing at the face of his phone, he watched as the empty bars filled instantly five strong. He dialed 911 and slapped the cold screen to his ear. Point Villa Emer. Yes, hello? Yes, I'm Brent Cummings. Yes. He paused, 
wondering why the hell he was starting every sentence with a positive statement, as if he were answering a questionnaire. I'm a doctor with... Never mind. I found a body. A woman in the park. She's dead. Been dead a while, I would assume. She has a clothespin on her right breast. Sir, I'll need you to calm down. You're talking too fast for me to catch everything. You say you found a body? Yes. Um, dead. A dead body. I'll inform the police. Her tone had changed dramatically, as if she were suspicious of Brent. Can you stay on the line with me? Yes, I can. Can you, um, tell them to hurry. I had to leave her. In the woods, I didn't want to, but my phone, it, uh, had no service. Do I sound guilty? He thought he did. His heart quickened and his mouth became a desert wasteland. Please, he said, tell them to hurry.